Hey guys, Walter Fetchick here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section. We've got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassner, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new e-sportsbook. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to our North American LCS Guess the Lines Finals Edition. We're there. It's happening. And it's not just the finals. Yeah. There, welcome Ty Dillinger to the podcast. I, I predicted that coming last week, and it's and well deserved. You know, I I want to praise TSM for getting to the finals. I hope that you're equally happy for me that we get Immortals in the finals. First time we've had a non-CLG or Cloud9 team in the finals since Good Game University in season three, and now our two favorite teams get to go head to head. Walter, we've never had this, mostly because I don't root for good teams. So this is a huge, this is a really fun kind of dynamic for us. And, and I should probably introduce you as Walter yeah. C. Spedchuk, my co-host, good friend, great North American analyst, and defending and continuing Guest Alliance champion as a result of the Europe episode from yesterday. How are you doing, man? I mean, I'm doing great because I'm the champ, and, and that's what champions do. We're great because we have a belt. I don't know. Ask Money Mayweather how he feels about his fight after he, he beat down Conor McGregor. Ooh, spoiler alert. If you didn't watch that fight, you're, I, I can't help you with that. Um, but yeah, and it, it's relatively interesting that uh, technically the immortal spot, if you follow its lineage, is technically the good game university spot. Which is kind of an interesting play here if you just kind of follow like narrative arcs. Um, this is like would be like the equivalent of like a Game of Thrones, if like a character that killed another character was like the great descendant of someone who was married to someone who was like the bridesmaid at someone's wedding who the direct lineage of the other person uh like killed that person. Like it's it's really convoluted George R. R. Martin stuff. <laughs> but it's exciting. I, I, I am excited for you. I am happy that you have finally cheered for a team that was able to reach the summit. And I'm glad that you didn't totally. fall for my trap again and choose uh, Winter Fox. Because yeah. I remember that. You went the, the Chase Widow episode article thing. And I basically convinced you, yeah, Winter Fox is a good choice. Secretly laughing over here going, Cobalt trade all tech. I'm pretty sure Brian Cordry was the, the yes. X factor that we probably should have taken into account on that Small one. potatoes here. Small potatoes here. But yeah, look, at the end of the day, this is the first time that a team that I root for is going to be at Worlds since... I guess it depends on how much you want to give me credit for loving all of Taiwan, but outside of that, this it's been a while. 
It's it's been a while, and I'm excited to talk about them. I know you're excited to talk about TSM, but before we can do that, Walter, we have to get into these teams that are going to be playing in the third place matchup. Mm -hmm. That's going to be CLG and Dignitas. And let's start with CLG, because CLG are in a very weird spot. Obviously, a lot of veterans, a lot of guys that they were very confident could fill their role, and they throw in this rookie jungler because they need to get rid of Dardoch, as they, they posted at the beginning of the split, felt like that, or, or not beginning of the split, a couple of weeks before this, wasn't working out. Is this on Omar God? Is this on him? And, and, and probably more specifically, the organization putting him in this spot? Because let's be clear, we shouldn't be expecting that much more out of a rookie. It usually takes time, especially in the jungle, to get going. I feel like we were spoiled by Acadian a little bit, but but where do you stand on that? Is is it a jungle problem or is it a team problem? So so here's the thing. CLG put all their eggs in this Omar God basket in a similar way that Cloud9 put all their eggs in the contracts basket um, at the beginning of last split, at the beginning of the spring. Um, I, I don't think it's fair to Omar God, and I a lot of it is, if you watch, it's Omar God getting caught out. It's Omar God being out of position. It's Omar God not engaging at the right time. Although there were some moments I'm remembering, maybe it was last week, maybe it was this week, there was a Gragas game where they're getting their base, I think it was this week, they're getting their base pushed in, they're getting crushed, and he like wraps way around the jungle, is totally by himself, and if the enemy team actually saw him, would have just instantly collapsed on him and killed him. But he comes from behind, flash body slam with Gragas, casts the AD carry into you know under their tower and CLG win the fight just because of this just really I, I want to give him credit that it was really well thought out but at the same time it's more of a the enemy team was just totally focused on trying to take the inhibitor tower so maybe they weren't paying attention and they didn't have good vision behind them um I I, I don't just want to heap all this credit on this kid who's been on the professional stage for like what five weeks maybe six at the most I I get he got all, you know, rookie of the split ballots and whatever. He was not as good as Mike Young, yada, yada, yada. At the same time, I think this is an organizational failing because they took the risk on Darnock. They know we've seen breaking point. He's bounced around from team to team. And as much as I secretly in my, my heart have this hope that he's going to turn into something and he ends up on TSM and they fix everything and he's going to take the world by storm and be another double lift where it just takes him a few years of immaturity to finally get to this upper echelon status where it's all backed up. You knew what you were getting into. Mm -hmm. And just like with, with Cloud9, you needed an injection of something into the team. And that was what Dardock was bringing, I think, early in the split. Sure, the CLG second game meme aside, I think that was what this kind of explosive jungler was bringing you. Another dimension. Something that, that added some spice to it. And at the end of the day, I'm just wondering if this, this friendship this culture that CLG has now created, I'm wondering what kind of accountability is being held inside of that locker room. Because Darshan and, uh, Darshan and Hui have played better over the last like three or four weeks. Like They've been fine. It hasn't been issues. Sure, have I had issues with just putting Hui on wave clear champions? Absolutely. But who is there getting in people's faces and telling people when they're not doing their job? I, I want to point out Aphromoo in particular because... I haven't seen Aphromoo. I legit have not seen Aphromoo on the field in probably three or four weeks. I, maybe it's just he doesn't have his buddy dive buddy in, in X-Smithy or Dardock or someone else that can engage with him. But 
Alpha Moon has been completely non-existent. And when you have a player, when you have two players that just are, are dead weight, essentially, you can't beat a five-man unit that's as good as Immortals. Because Immortals is a really, really good five-man unit at their core. And every player accomplishes something. And every player has their job to do. And Aphromoo is not doing his job. And their jungler is not doing his job. And granted, jungler has only been really doing it for five to six weeks. So I'll give him a bit of a pass. But a guy who's been around as long as Aphromoo, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Why? Why are you playing like this when we know that you could be one of the best supports in the world? I just... I don't understand. I, I don't. It, it's rough. And I I agree with you wholeheartedly on the Aphromoo point. I think that he has been incredibly lackluster mechanically. And I also think you, you can point to several moments in this series where the shot calling really tore CLG down. Uh, the Baron at the 45-minute mark that just completely backfired on CLG was a great example of that. Uh, the Baron before that had gotten stolen by Cody's son, which is never a great sign. Um, it's it's one of those things where they just couldn't seem to find openings. And, and, and then in game three, when they most needed a win, they just played so passively, so defensively. And you know what? Like Having a, a more aggressive jungler would help with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Omar God, uh, by the way, 22 games played in his entire professional career. Um, now, back in the day, 14 regular season games was a lot, but now we know better, and now we have this understanding. He's played for less than a third of the I split. Mean, in season three, 22 games wasn't even a full regular split. Yeah, no, and it, 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 it is one of those things where you then look at how few champions he's played on that, on that stage as well, so certainly not necessarily getting that kind of depth yet. It, it feels like... They threw him in too fast, and the guy that's supposed to be helping alleviate this problem in Aphromoo isn't helping. And so if you're not getting the shot calling from either your jungler or your support, it just puts so much pressure on the rest of the team, and they looked lost. And it's frustrating to see that as, as people who have seen CLG do great things in the past and that know these players have won... You know, most of them have won a championship together. Like, this is a team that should be able to figure it out, and they haven't been able to. Their opponents in this series haven't necessarily figured things out either. They're struggling against... Uh, uh, TSM was tough for me to watch. As you know, we watched the VODs together. I had some strong feelings, but before I share those... How do you feel about this team? Do you think that in this spot they can make the leap that CLG failed to make, I think, last week? So so here, here's the thing. I, I'm actually really proud of Dignitas. Like, I, I know everybody kind of joked to me, you're a dirty TSM fan. Like, I legitimately would have been happy to see Dignitas beat TSM. As... as just a fan of League of Legends, I legit would have been happy. It would have sucked as a TSM fan. I would have been mad about TSM. I kind of feel like TSM need to lose, though, in, in some really weird universe where we'll get to in a few minutes. But, like, Dignitas, it would have been awesome for all of these players. That being said, there is a worry that I am seeing ceiling written all over this team because... You know, you've had Keen, you've had Altec, you had you've seen them kind of make this leap, you've seen Shrimp sort of make this leap. Someone else someone has to make another leap. 
Someone has to get to the level someday is on this team. Someone else has to turn into a bona fide superstar in order for this team to, I think, be successful because at the end of the day, they're a really good team fighting team, but so are TSM and Immortals and any team that they might face at Worlds. Uh, any real team that they might face at Worlds. Taiwan doesn't count. Um, but they need that other star. They need someone else that they can hang their hat on because Keen and Alltech or, or Lod or Shrimp, you know, these other pieces have been good enough where they can't really truly be exploited by some of the other North American teams, the, the Echo Foxes, the Team Liquids, the FyQuest, whatever. I'm, I'm just picturing a world where Dignitas is playing against SKT at Worlds and SKT it just like ignores the fact that someday exists and it's just like, all right, yeah, we have Wolf and Bang in the bot lane. Let's bring down our jungler. Let's just style on Altec and Adrian. Or we're just going to have Peanut or whoever camp mid with Faker and we're just going to keep 2v1 and Keen. Keen looked the worst out of this entire series. And, oh my God, it sucks. Stop. Just be good. Please just be good for me. Just for once. Just actually be good. Maintain this like even, like this is actually where I am. Because he's very like incremental. He has these these like steps where it's like, it could be anywhere in here. It could be anywhere in here. It could be anywhere in here. Like just stop. Just choose one level and just like be consistent at that one level for like three weeks. That's all I'm asking, Keen. I just want you to be a consistently like the fourth best mid laner in North America for like four weeks and then take a step up and then be there for like four weeks and then take, I'm really like this up and down is just kind of, kind of bothersome to me. And I was really excited for this team coming into the, coming into the summer split. If they go to worlds, I mean, they're the third seed out of North America. They're going to end up in, you know, a bracket that has RNG and SKT and uh, like uh, misfits in it. And they're going to get shellacked. I just, I don't see myself being as excited for them in the spring as I was for them in between spring and summer this split. And that tells me I don't think that they can become great. I don't think that they can be this, yep, they're definitely a competitor. They're definitely a contender for a championship. It feels like they might sort of settle into this, yeah, they're like the fourth best team in North America, fourth, fifth best team. They're kind of going to hover here, kind of like how Echo Fox has hovered in that like seven, eight spot for what feels like forever now. Yeah, and and you know, to a certain extent, I agree with you. I do think that there is a ceiling on these guys. Keen, his laning could not keep up with Bjergsen. When you're losing lane to a Cassidy onto Leah, like that's that's about as bad as it gets. And that was the start of the series. I I don't know, man, but. Here, here's my concern. Not only did we not see them l reach that level of greatness that you and I were hoping they could get to, I don't think they put themselves in a position where they could have. This is a team in which their strengths for the entirety of the split have been late game team fighting. That's what they do. They scale, Shrimp likes to power farm. They have these, you know, they, they endure these landing phases where they're not necessarily the best players, and then they turn things around at these big, crucial, pivotal fights in the mid to late game, usually late game, and turn things around. And in games one and two in particular, and game four to a lesser extent, they picked compositions that needed to win early. In fact, most of these series you can define as like a, they need to win the game by the 25 to 30 minute mark or the game is over because TSM has all the scaling on their side. Right. And that is opposite of what Dignitas should be doing. It plays against their strengths as a team. It plays against both their individual strengths as players, but also just as a unit, it takes away from the win condition that has gone them there in the first place. And while I do believe that you need to adapt into each series, I don't think that you can necessarily stay stagnant 
I also think that at a certain point, you need to trust what got you there in the first place. And Dignitas got to this matchup because of their late game team fighting, and they never picked a composition in which their late game team fighting could save the day. They and just, that's kind of a shame. They just feel like a team though that's constantly figuring it out as they go. Like I, I get that, yeah, it's this late game team fighting is kind of the core of their identity of how they're successful, but it, it feels like it's been like, okay, well some days, some days we get to there because someday just like, I, I think about in, in, in game one, he was kind of wrecking Hauntzler and they had to get the Shen out of this Renekton matchup. And it really felt like someday had total control over that. And then there's this weird lane swap that Dignitas is totally okay with doing like, yeah, sure. We'll take first tower, but then you're, you're not letting your advantage. You're not, you're not building on top of that advantage, especially when, yeah, there's a Kog'Maw and a Cassiopeia on the other side. Like you kind of need to like, have your early game god build up as quickly as possible so he can be a threat to those kind of guys. It's why I think in game three they were so successful is because someday was this massive threat and he's a Jarvan and he would just dive bomb into the TSM carries and kill one of them. And then TSM is like, oh, wait, we only have half of our damage because the rest of our composition is kind of low on damage. That doesn't seem like a good thing. And when you have that much threat on the carries, then that leaves your own carries to just do damage to the front line. They can just worry about peeling through the tanks. Um, it, we've had Shrimp, where Shrimp goes off. We've had games where it's just Keen kind of pushing the lane and roaming. We had the C9 series where it's all tech. It's just, they, they have their end goal, but they are trying to figure out like all these different paths to get there and haven't settled on one or two to really bring home, solidify, say, this is absolutely what we're going to do. For, for everything about TSM, this split has mainly been put Bjergsen on a control mage, put double lift on something staling, and then have our support and our, our jungler be these kind of disruptive team fighters or they're they're boosting our carries. And then Haunters is the wild Haunter is the wild card. He's the ace in the hole where you go tank, you go uh, carry threat, you go split push. You kind of he's your piece that you kind of constantly move around. And like Dignitas has tried to do it, but it's the playstyle that doesn't match it. Keen will play a Talia or a Victor or a LeBlanc or something, but some games he's super, I'm just going to sit in lane, I'm just not going to let them take my tower, I'm going to be super, super safe. And other games he's like, I'm going to just heavily push this lane and roam, I'm going to heavily push this lane and roam. And it's just weird that they haven't figured out this sort of solidified style of like, you know, every professional football team has a power ISO dive that they do with their running back. It might have a different name for every team. It might have, you know, a thousand different variations. But at the end of the day, it's hand the ball to the running back. He's going to run between the guard and the and the, uh, the center. Every team has that in their playbook. And I don't see Dignitas having this core set of plays that they can pull out and run 20 times a, a, a game or 20 times a year and be like, yep, this is how we play League of Legends. It just constantly feels like it's all this kind of like experimental gimmicky stuff to just get them to this end point, which I, I really want it cleaned up before I truly consider them any type of real contender to anything. Yeah, you know, you're describing a team that doesn't seem to know how best to exert their their talents. You know, clearly we, we know that there's talent there, but they never seem to live up to it. You know who that sounds like? Who's their coach again? I mean, that whole cop guy, someone who had this career in which he was an above average player and we kept waiting for him to break through, but it never wow. seemed like he learned one skill set that he could develop. Wow. And so he's at this point where it just he was there and he was too good to not, you know, take seriously, but not good enough that you'd you'd want him in a semifinal series. 
I don't know. I'm just saying there's a, there's a parallel there. It's worth exploring. It also makes sense that Saint is on this team with, you know, the Baron legacy of Dignitas. Yeah. Wow. That's, 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 that's that is such a great comparison. Because, like, Cop was good at pretty much every 80 carat. He could pretty much yeah. play anything. He could play any style, but he never was as good at the hyper carries as a double lift. He never was as good as, like, the aggressive guys as, um, as like a, a chaos or i'm just trying to think of like all these 80 carat yeah he never had just one thing he's a good corky player i would say that he might have been the best corky out of everyone in like season two and season three but corky is also a champion that is not it, he's like a hybrid champion he, he wants some ap he wants some ad he has true damage he has yeah. this thing that uses escaper to get like his kit is kind of just weird as a whole that is that's really that's a really i'm I'm shook. Not the juggler, like the adjective. I'm kind of shook right now because that's a really, really good. Like I'm trying to appease your like historical perspective, Walter, with look, a weird look, analogy. If it makes you feel better, you set me up for it beautifully. Because um, I, th I think you nailed it with this Dignitas team. And I, so let's see if you can nail this. Because I did not. I could just spoil this right away. My guess here is awful. I'm almost glad that I lost last week because I'm a little embarrassed by this one. Where did you put the line, Walter? I have CLG minus one thirty-five. Yeah, so it's CLG minus 137. So you're almost exactly, for the record. I had Dignitas minus 155. Why? I, Why? Why? God is not good. Why on earth? Because CLG looks terrible, and it's... Dignitas at least looks like a team. Like, this CLG, like, who is directing CLG to a CLG was division? the number one seed, at, like, was a top three team in the league until, like, the second to last week of the season. <laughs> I mean, sure, but at some point, don't we have to adjust for the fact that Omar God is the jungler and not Dardock? Like, I feel like they haven't adjusted yet. Algorithms don't see player names. They just see statistics and wins and losses. I I was expecting a manual adjustment, but, you know, the crazy thing is, Walter, it, it, it's not even that because I'm looking at Unicorn right now and the money's going on CLG. Like, people are betting on this team, even with that knowledge that Omar God's the guy. I'm... I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, I do know how CLG. I feel about That's why. I, I, I guess so. CLG at minus one and a half uh, games is uh, plus 155. When you look at over under five What's maps. What's the Dignitas underdog line first? Oh, plus 105. Excuse me. Oh. But I mean, I think we take it anyway. I mean, yeah. Like, what is what is it Dignitas? Oh, well, the Dignitas at like plus one and a half isn't probably anything. No, no absolutely too close. not. What's what's five maps? Uh, five maps is plus one sixty-five. So Dig Dignitas is better than that. I I know this is probably they are four, better than this. this is probably a four-map series in Dignitas's favor. It's almost like I thought they would be the favorites in this for a reason. I didn't play the casinos right. There's a reason you're the defending champ, and we'll continue to be the defending ooh, champ. Ooh, a little spice I, here. A little spice in that. Okay, I'll take it. I, I bow to a skill for a death to the mile. Clearly, I haven't I haven't been getting these NA picks recently. So let's see if if I get any closer with this next one. We're we're going to the finals. It's time, Walter. Immortals versus TSM. So um, let's start with Immortals because I'm sure you have something crazy planned for TSM because it's you and of course you do. I think that a lot of what made this work last week was this aggressive play calling that has become signature for all a. And even Nick Smithy a little bit nowadays, it really does feel like they have this great ability to accelerate the early game. 
And certainly they were able to exploit kind of those communication failures that we talked about with CLG. TSM does not have those communication problems. They certainly don't have the macro understanding problems uh, that someone like an Omar God would have at this point. So should I be as nervous as I am that TSM's going to exploit these these kind of decisions? Because I am nervous about this. This does concern me. Yes. Uh, not even as, as ultra fanboy Walter. Like, I, I said it on the podcast last week. TSM is one of the best teams in the world when they get the time to prep and they only have to focus on one team. There's a reason why they excel so well in these playoff series and in these uh, playoff finals in particular because they get to throw all their eggs into this one basket. They get to only watch Immortals film. I, I know there were pictures of them on, on Twitter uh, Wednesday night as we record of like them going out to eat, but you know they're going back to the hotel room and all Parth and Reggie and probably like Bjergsen are doing are probably watching Immortals footage and figuring out what their game plan is. And that's all they're going to do the next three or four days is just prepare for Immortals and everything they can do. And I know Immortals is going to do that same thing. I, I don't want to you know, detract in that regard. But, like, this is a very glaring weakness that Exmithy and Ale, not just in laning phase, not just in the early game, but they do try to spread out. They do try to find interesting and unique angles to gank from. And I think it's really important that they try to establish early vision control deeper into the TSM jungle so they can allow themselves the opportunity to do that. It really would behoove Immortals to be the one that takes that middle tower first, or takes that hour turret first, or is able to get that pressure with Rift Herald, or is able to set up a split push, or is able to do all these things that pulls TSM apart, because TSM has not been a very good team, and, and Haunters has not been a very good player in particular this split when he's kind of off on his own. They haven't given him a lot of focus from the jungle this split, and... By pulling the team apart, it creates all of these avenues for Smithy and Ali to move in and allows Ali to just engage on a bot lane that he knows is by themselves and doesn't have a jungler. And you know Ali is that kind of aggressive guy where if he sees an opening on a double lift Kog'Maw, he's going to take it. And he has to do that, though, without knowing, uh, with knowing that Svenskeren isn't lurking in the bush waiting for them to do it, or isn't is doing it knowing that Shen TP is down, or that Bjergsen's teleport on Corky or LeBlanc is down, or whatever. Like... This is truly about, I think, if Immortals can get the Xmithy Ale aggressive factor to work. Because I'm looking back at when like CLG beat TSM in those in those two finals. And it was because Aphromu and Xmithy went after TSM. They kept them separate for a very long time and then built up this massive lead and then pulled everyone together and said, now we're just a better we're just as good a team fighting team as you, but now we also have the 6k gold lead and it's really hard to come back from a 6k gold lead in that 25 minute mark. That's a lot of advantage on the board, especially with elemental drakes. So yeah. that being said, TSM is really good at warding. Like, Biofrost is really smart about when to go out and ward, when to protect himself. He will drop wards in his side of the jungle in spots where he knows that junglers can come from. It's usually... Um, I remember... Uh, oh, God, what series was it? There was a series, I can't remember... Um, but the person was playing Thresh, I think it was the Longju SKT series, where he just stood in their bush by the crux and just waited, knowing the enemy jungler was probably going to want to try and take him. I just stood there for, like, two minutes. Like, Biofrost does those kind of things more with wards, but he does that kind of stuff where he protects his backside. When they're moving forward, he'll leave double lift alone so he can just go out and get that extra vision, and he's smart about it. If he knows that he can't go into the enemy jungle without, you know, he can't go to, like, the blue bush 
in enemy jungle to get a ward down when they're on um, when they're on red side, he won't do it. But he'll get a ward by where like the blast plan is or just inside that ramp, so you might be able to see an edge. He's really smart at doing that, and that's a thing I uh, a thing I think that's missing from Ale's game. It's a nuance where his wards are pretty consistent of where he's going to put them. He doesn't think about like, oh, well, there's a jungle Jarvan, so maybe like maybe he'll come from this weird angle. He does seem very like, I'm just setting up vision so I can see the main spots that an enemy jungler is going to come from, and that's when I'm going to go aggressive. And that's where they get caught out is when enemy teams are kind of interesting or um, unusual with their sort of gank patterns. And I think Svenskeren is a savvy enough player that he does come up with some unique and interesting gank patterns. And especially if Biofrost gets on something like a Thrush where he can Lantern and then brings Fenskaren in for a lane gank, that's not really someplace that that Ale can get a ward. You can't really get a ward into the enemy lane without really exposing yourself um, in a position where you're near their tribush on either side of the map. So I, I think it can be exploited. It's something that I'd be worried about, but it's one of those things where if you get away with it, it can set you up really well, and Immortals is a good team-fighting team. Like, they're a really, really good team, and this match reeks of Longju SKT potential. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I have that whiff on this thing, that Immortals is just going to be the right team in the right place, and they got good enough players, and one of their stronger players is where I think one of our players is kind of underperforming the top lane. Flame versus Hauntzer makes me a little nervous. Someday versus Hauntzer made me a little nervous, and I was almost proven right until TSM just said, all right, well, let's just not have Hauntzer play against Someday. Let's let's just pull him away from that, and then, you know, Someday plays the Maokai, and Hauntzer is able to go off because he's in a really good matchup. So it, it worries me. It, that matchup worries me, and... There is a chance that Xmithy and Ali can get away with this aggressiveness, but if they don't, that's the knife's edge. This is the double-edged sword here. That's really what Immortals needs to make this series go in their favor, but it could also be the thing that's sticking out of their back at the end of the day when TSM is lifting like their sixth trophy. Yeah, it, it's it's tough because as an Immortals fan, like I know that's how we get ahead. And you have to trust in the system that got us there. Um, and at, some, at a certain point... It is necessary to, you know, keep that trust in Ale in particular to make those plays, to get those picks, because that's how we got this far. Um, his deaths are high, and that's something that kept me from putting him on my all-pro list. But you will almost never see someone with a 3.2 K, uh, 3.17 KDA uh, get a player of the series award the way that Ale did, and it just comes down to the kind of intangible influence. It's not about how many kills he gets or how many assists he gets or even how often he's in those kind of fights because Xmithy's kill, particip- kill participation was significantly higher and he had more assists. But it's when he makes those plays and it's in when you pick those moments and it's going to come down to how creatively they can take those moments. My bigger concern is that if we are not ahead at about the 20 minute mark. Immortal showed last week they're not necessarily the best team at closing out games with the lead. No. I can't imagine how they're going to be if they're going into these games behind and they need to be making those plays and forcing those fights and, and getting that going. It feels like a situation that can snowball, but if I want to believe that our own snowball will come together, 
Well, we do have a top laner who was known for getting these crazy advantages in lane, and we did just see what a guy like Khan can do when he's given the free roam to carry. I guarantee you that Flame watched that series and turned to Song and said, so we're doing that, right? Like, that's our plan. You're going to let me do these crazy things. And I don't know whether the answer is going to be yes or no, but it certainly would be a very Flame thing to do. It's called the Flame Horizon for a reason. He does love to exert those kinds of pressures. So we'll be getting gonna... a Kali chase. We'll be getting a Kali pick. Top lane Lucian, let's do it. Now, God, no, none of that. Let, let's talk about TSM. And, you know, we could go into all the things about TSM from a gameplay perspective. And to be fair, like, you kind of mentioned that when you talked about Immortals, about how these are the things that TSM does that mean that Immortals fans should be worried. And I think you did a very good job of that. So instead of asking about this particular moment, let's look at the bigger picture. TSM has been at 10 finals in 10 attempts. They have dominated the North American scene by either winning it outright or being the gatekeeper for Cloud9 and, and CLG. But they don't have that international success to back it up. And at what point... I am. Our... I am. You have the I am world. So they don't have relevant international experience to back it up. So... IEM doesn't matter unless TSM wins it. We're, we're aware exactly. of this already. But, exactly. That is kayfabe. But outside of that, can TSM ever really be taken as these strong, you know, almost dynasty is really the only term for it, if they're not able to convert on the world stage? Will we care about this season if they don't do well at Worlds the way that... I don't think anyone really talks about their incredible 2016 summer season anymore because of what happened at Worlds. Is that where we are that none of this matters if Worlds doesn't work out? We are the North American dynasty. I want to make that very clear. We have been since around since season one, uh, you know, forged out of the fires of Reggie's ego and fury against uh, Hotshot GG and his CLG roster. He built this brand and this team purely because he wanted to get back at, at Hotshot and wanted this rivalry with Hotshot and wanted to come out on top. And he won it. He is the undisputed king of North America. I, I get Steve's got the Disney money and Jack's got some success and he's got his, you know, his esports empire. But at the end of the day, in League of Legends, Team Solo Mid is the North American brand. There's, there's no dispute about that. And that's great. It's fantastic. We haven't missed an LCS final. We've played in every major regional final, I think, except one since season two. If you go back into the history books, we've been on top. Um, but we kind of were a laughing stock after the 2016 World Championship. We were kind of a laughing stock after MSI. Um, this is the, sort of the same thing the G2 faced, where they lost Europe, that pool A seed. We lost North America, that pool A seed. We got punked by... Uh, by a Southeast Asia team. Like, it took us three tries, basically, to really kind of take these guys out and, and move on and move forward with our lives. Um, our, our, our dynasty, our history, our, our place in the League of Legends history books as a whole, because we can just talk about North American history, and yeah, we're the winners. We're the victors. We're the big guys. We're the guys waving our flag and have everyone chanting our names even when we aren't playing. 
But in the overall history of the planet of League of Legends, no, we're nothing. We are a footnote in history. I'm like, yeah, they're the guys that are really good from North America, but North America's never won anything of importance, so it doesn't matter. CLG has had better moments on the international stage than we have. And I think that is the one last thing we need to do is losing to Samsung White at Worlds in Season 4 is is not something to... Yay! Winning that IEM championship, I know I meme, I know I bring it up a lot, it's not something that we can really hang our hat on because then teams can go, yeah, but what about IEM San Jose and the Juggle Twisted Fate that I still get crap about from our fans all the time? Um, We need this. We need success on an international stage for the brand, for, for our bragging rights, for the fact that like we earned our right to be these cocky, arrogant little assholes, essentially. Like we need this. We need something on the international stage, and that's why I want us to lose. I want Immortals to come in, and I want them to beat us three one. I want one game where it does look like it. I I want the Longju SKT series to happen to us because let me tell you something. I know for a damn fact that those SKT players have now circled the semifinals on their calendar and are praying to every known and unknown god on the planet that they see Longju in that semifinals or even that finals. I think they wanted the semifinals because they want to do the cakewalk finals. That's where the U.S. played Russia. That's where we played the USSR. It was in the semifinals. That was not the Gold Cup game. We still had to play Sweden, but that was a victory lap for us. We'd already won our championship by beating the USSR. That's what SKT is circling. That's what I want TSM to be circling is the quarterfinals, is to use this as a learning moment because when you've been so dominant in North America, there are very few learning moments. There are very few times where teams have come up, knocked us down. Cloud9. Cloud9 had their run of world championships, and it caused TSM to become a better team so Cloud9 could no longer beat them. CLG had their run of two championships where it caused TSM to become a better team so they could knock them down. Sure, if Immortals beats them here, that has that type of thing going into next year where it's like, yeah, coming into the spring, we need to beat Immortals. But with, with franchise, we don't know. We don't know if these teams are going to look the same. We don't know if TSM is going to have these same five players or if Immortals are going to have these same five players. We don't even know if Immortals is still going to be called Immortals at this point. Like, we have no idea. We have no idea anything going into next spring. So we can't hold our hat on. It's, I was listening to a podcast today talking about, about wrestling and they're talking about how there's this, this, this thought of we can't hold anything for WrestleMania. Too many people get injured. Too many weird things happen. Like, we got to just put everything to the front. And that's what I want now. I don't care about winning this North American title. I, I lose it. I will give up this North American title. I would have given up the spot in the finals if I knew that it meant this team was going to take this, was going to kick themselves in the rear and go, okay, we got punked. Now let's show everyone what we really care about because that's what you've been saying since season four, Reggie, is we only care about worlds. Everything we do is for worlds and it never happens. It never shows up. We have, uh, you know, just failure after failure after failure. We get punked. We have easy groups. We have hard groups. We have, you know, groups where it looks like we're going to come out on top and then something happens where our AD carry is out until four o'clock in the morning partying or so the story goes. I know I know I say I don't care about worlds. I know it's, I'm, a, I'm a TSM fan. Of course it doesn't matter. We won North America. This is the first year where I really, I don't care. I want 
to stop being told that my team, you're cute, you're just a little North American team. Taiwan has a championship. I can make fun of Taiwan all I want. They have a world championship. Europe, I can make fun of Europe all I want. They have a world championship. China has at least one MSI. They have an MSI championship under their belt. And I make fun of that, but guess what? It's more than we have. Mm. I want TSM to lose. I want this to be that solidifying clarity moment where they go, we need to get better. Because mm. this team is not playing at the level they were in the summer last split. I think that that's, that summer team was really, really good. <laughs> I think they were really, really good, and they stood a chance, and we squandered it. And... and you know, for whatever reason, Double If went and retired. Maybe it's the whole, you know, he got suspended, Michael Jordan gambling thing. Who knows? Who knows? I think that is a great thing that, that we'll continue to bring up because it's an interesting little side note in history. But this now needs to be the moment where they lose to Immortals. They get angry. They get pissed off. There's accountability inside the room. Everyone's mad at each other. And they say, what is our goal? And at the end of the day, their goal has been to win a world championship. And if it means losing to Immortals in this final so they can at least have a shot, at least they can get into that that, that playoff round of the Worlds, and, and you never know. Another Albus Knox could get there, and all of a sudden you have an easy path to the semifinals. Or maybe you face SKT, and SKT is really not that good, and then you guys get to be the guys that knocked off SKT. I don't care what the storyline is. I just want TSM in that quarterfinal match, and I don't want it to be an 0-3 punking like Samson White gave us back then. I want this to be something. And I, I never mind, it was... It was 3-1, but it still was a punking. Yeah. I, I don't want that. I want, at the end of the day, at the end of the World Championship, to be proud to be a TSM fan and not be a, yeah, I got to watch, you know, Samsung versus SKT in the finals in Madison Square Garden in the United States, and I don't get TSM when they're a top four team in the world because karma bites them in the butt. I want them to get their butts handed to them so that their egos come down and they realize that, North America is meaningless. North America doesn't matter. What matters is the Summoner's Cup at the end of the year. And I, I don't know. I'm sick of all the talk and no action. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Look, I, I respect that a lot. I think that this is a team that deserves to be held to a higher standard because they've proven that that's the conversation that they should be in. When you're, winning, when you're in title, to champ, uh, title opportunity number 10, you've won five of them already. Uh, you've you know, like this is this is the time in which you have to look and say how do we get to that next step? And right now, even if TSM wins this week, I, I don't think they're there. I think they need to get back to the sharpness that they were showing when they were so strong in the 2016 summer split, and they need to be more consistent in how they apply these things because right now there are holes. Um, I think that Hanser has fallen off a little bit. I think that. The, the bot lane hasn't necessarily clicked as well as they have previously. Not that either player is not good. They're both very good, but they haven't been working on a single wavelength the way that they were in 2016. I, I think that the talent is certainly there. The opportunity is certainly there. It's up for them to grab it, and it's up for Immortals to snatch it from them. And, and I can't wait Take it. to see how this plays off. Take it's... Look, it. this is a... I think that TSM can win this series and still take a step forward, but they really need to step up to do it. And if they don't step to the occasion, then Immortals need to snatch it from them. Because the worst thing that could happen for both of our teams is if TSM wins because neither team was able to step up. That's the worst case scenario. Yep. 
the either either because Immortals wins and TSM gets a kick in the ass, or if TSM uh, loses because Immortals or because TSM wins because they took this huge leap in the last week. Those are acceptable outcomes. Um, I don't think that a lukewarm series from them in which they sneak on by is going to be enough. So with all that in mind, Walter, we, we do have to have a line for this series. Where do you think it ends up? I said TSM minus 150. Okay. We tie on that. I also said TSM minus 150. It is TSM minus 172. Uh, and Immortals at plus 130 there. I will note that Immortals is, I mean, TSM's getting almost all of the money right of now. Course, yeah, of course. So I could see that line shift. Yeah, it's, I mean, we, we know this because it's TSM, but it is worth pointing out. I always find it interesting to see where some of these betters lie. Uh, as far as interesting prop bets, uh, TSM at minus one and a half is plus 130, which is a little interesting. If you think it's a 3-1, which I think is absolutely in play, uh, over four and a half maps is plus 165. I think five maps. You think five maps. Okay, so let's, so let's, so smart money section, we're, we're getting in there. Um, so you have five maps at plus 165 is what you want here? Yeah. I'm happy to do that. I would say that's, that's the, that's, I think both of these teams are really good. Okay. I think what about, good. what about CLG Dignitas? We need oh, Dignitas for... underdog odds. Absolutely. Oh, plus yeah, one five. Dignitas. Absolutely. Okay. Not even close. Okay, that's. I'm very happy with both of those bets. Uh, for people, uh, but of course, curious, but of course, people at home keeping track. As much as I just said everything, everyone knows I'm going to be taking Immortals at plus one thirty because I'll make money if Immortals wins, and if Immortals loses, I may lose money. But then TSM wins, so it's a win-win, and that's why I'm the champ and Chase isn't. I'm sorry, I just have to get that point in. As much as I want TSM to lose. I also have to do the hedge, so, you know. Yeah, your fan hedge is, like, my least favorite part of this whole heel thing you've got going on here. Like, here I am, like, I can't wait to go to Boston, and I'm going to be wearing, I'm going to buy an Immortals jersey. Like, I'm going to go all out and really get invested because I have a rule. I don't buy a jersey unless we make it to the finals, and we're in the finals, so I'm going to buy go. a jersey. That's why you don't um, have anything for CJ Ansis. I should right. also mention that you also lost the point, so it's now 11 to 15. Yeah, I, but it doesn't matter anymore, man. At some point, it's just, it's just window dressing. You, you've won. You are the champion. And you, you are going to be uh, someone that I think people should be following during the series because I think that there's going to be a lot of TSM feels in either direction. And if they wanted to follow you, Walter, where could the folks at home find you? You guys can follow me at C80s underscore LOL. I, uh, I promise I'm not an evil, evil TSM fan. I, uh, I have a heart. I have a heart. It, it really did hurt me that people were genuinely like, nah, you're just saying that because you, you, you're trying to counter jinx yourself. Like, no, I, I kind of wanted T Dignitas to win. I like you kind of wanted to counter jinx things too. Like, let's be clear here. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think honestly, TSM fans should just embrace their role as the evil empire. Like, the same way that I embrace playing Jade Druid in this meta. Like, at some point, it's more fun to be the bad guy that just wins all the time. This like, is true. Just, just enjoy it, man. Um, but I'm going to hope, uh, I'm going to be at Redshirt King. You guys should definitely follow me. Uh, you should also definitely be following the Unicorn uh, social media channel because I'm going to be at the event. So if you follow at UnicornCO, uh, that's where I'm going to be doing some some tweets. Uh, Austin. Every 
Um, I'm gonna you know, be there live. If you are interested in meeting up, please let me know. Uh, Twitter is a fine way to do that. Uh, the Discord, which I will highly recommend. All of you, if you're interested in joining, you absolutely should. We've got a great community going. We do a lot of fun things over there. And I have a couple projects for this kind of off season as we're getting closer to it that I think you guys would really enjoy being a part of. So. Uh, either way, let me know, and I will absolutely go out of my way to meet with you guys if possible. Um, I want to, you know, I appreciate every single one of you, lovely listeners. Uh, it all it means the world to us that we have as many of you guys as we do. It really does. And I can't wait to uh, meet all of you that will be there. I can't wait to uh, keep these conversations going as we get into the regional finals for both North America and Europe next week. There's a lot of interesting things on the line, and I can't wait to to break all that down but until then you can follow the rough drafts podcast on all your favorite social media sites twitter at rough drafts pod facebook.com backslash rough drafts pod soundcloud.com backslash esports rough drafts youtube.com backslash rough drafts podcast as well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough Dress Podcast. The Rough Dress Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at patreon.com backslash Pod and by viewers like you. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.